Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. You know, we got some nasty weather coming in. I'm sure we're going to hear about it here in just a minute again. But uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday just look really horrible. In fact, I think Thursday, we don't even go above freezing all, all day. I really want to recommend you get your hose bibs covered. You get all first take and unhook all the water hoses off the hose bibs. Cover the hose bibs. If you don't have those styrofoam covers, it's all right. Just take a towel or a rag of some kind and wrap around the hose bib that sticks out, you know, the water faucet. That will will protect it. If if you're worried about the wind blowing it off, all you got to do is use some tape wrapped around it to hold the towel on there that's all the protection it'll need and and you'll be fine but we're going to be down below freezing it looks like for something in the range of 36 to 48 hours so we could run into stuff with pipes breaking and or freezing and things like that in order to avoid it make sure your pipes are insulated you can get just the, the pipe insulation wrap to put on them, and, and that does just fine. Open the cabinets underneath the sinks to let warm air get in there. If it's a out, you know, if it's on an outside wall, if it's on an interior wall, you shouldn't have any issues with it. Uh, the one thing I tell people all the time: you don't need to leave water running. The water can still freeze. Rivers freeze. Water pipes freeze. I mean, have you ever seen a fountain uh, that freeze? Waterfalls freeze. Uh, flowing waters can still freeze. You've got to protect the pipe in order to avoid it from freezing. And so those are going to be the big things. Uh, if you got a tub of some kind, you know, a wash tub out in the garage, make sure those pipes are protected as well. Monty in Louisville. I have a 23-year-old uninsulated two-car garage with a faucet about one foot above the concrete floor and one foot from the garage door. The February 2021 cold weather did freeze the pipe, but it did not break. With a heat gun, I thawed it out and water started running okay. Since then, I added fiberglass insulation in the wall and added a temperature sensor against the copper pipe in the wall. I could use a heat lamp shining against the inside garage wall to source heat for this situation but my question is is there any other solutions to guarantee that the pipe will not freeze i have run out of ideas uh and as far as heating this up you know they make the wraps that you can put on the pipe itself the electric tape is is one uh and i fully understand yes there are some issues sometimes with the electric wrap but just putting the regular pipe wrap around it goes a just does a, a world of good on it. When you put the insulation in the wall, I'm going to make the assumption you put the insulation to where it's to the cold side, you know, if outside, uh, so that the pipe is more towards the inside. Problem is, your garage temperature will drop, especially when it's near the door that way, and get almost to the same cold as outside so will a heat lamp work absolutely because your only key thing that you got to do 
is keeps temperature up a couple degrees. And I, I have the same problem. I have a wash tub out in my garage. And when we had the freeze in February, in order to keep that from freezing, I put just a, uh, a little heater out in the garage. And even with the power coming on and off, I was able to keep the garage temperature warm enough that that pipe didn't freeze. And in years past, I have had that pipe freeze and actually uh, be an issue for me. But with that uh, temperature freeze we had in February, I was good. So my suggestion would be just a, a minor heat source. Um, quite frankly, like the little My Buddy propane heaters, they can be used inside. So that's usable in the garage. And they make an adapter where it can hook up to a 20-pound propane tank. Uh, that thing will run, you know, for days that way. I usually get somewhere around six to eight hours out of a one-pound uh, bottle, you know, Coleman bottle on, on that thing. So hooked up to a 20-gallon, a you're good for several days. And you don't have to have it sitting right there on top of that pipe that way, so you don't have to worry about it catching fire and they're made for indoor use so you don't have to worry about uh, the gases and all that kind of stuff so that actually would be my recommendation on it we're going to head out to temple texas and bruno how can i help you today well my daughter has a house that has uh, uh white limestone on the outside yeah. and it's got a lot of mold on it and i tried to use a power washer on it but it chips a lot of stuff off is there something else i can do well, the unfortunate thing with it, with that white limestone uh, from the Texas Hill Country there is it is rather chalky, and when you hit it with a pressure washer, yeah, you can knock chunks of it off. Uh, usually it's going to be a, a very small amount, but if you don't want to hit it with the pressure washer, they do make products like uh, Spray and Forget, Wet and Forget, that you can spray on there, and that will take that stuff off and then you can just you know spray it on and, and not have to worry about it uh, the next time it rains it'll rinse it off oh that's good hey Tim could I ask you one more question sure go ahead uh, I got a water heater I got two waters but one water heater sometimes it's hot water and sometimes it's not what, what can be the problem the thermostat could be acting up on it where it's just not registering consistently. So do I replace the thermostat or replace the water heater? Or? How old the water heater is it? It's probably about 10 years old. Uh, you know, a thermostat typically, you're looking at like, I don't know, 15 bucks. They're not real expensive. Uh, the... To replace a water heater kind of gets pricey, and it's not unusual for a water heater to last 15 to 20 years. So probably if it was mine, I'd just replace the thermostat. We're going to head over to uh, Spring, Texas. Hello, George. Yes, hello, sir. I listen to your program, and I like what you, what you advise. i got to repaint my mobile home outside. It's a metal, uh, it's metal outside. Uh-huh. And... I was thinking before I painted, I got some rust, rust stain or rust, whatever you want to call it. And is there a solution I can get to take that off before I paint it, or is it going to matter if I just paint over it? 
Now, if you just paint over it, it's just going to continue to fester under the paint and blister yeah. the paint off. Yeah, so, I don't want that to happen. Uh, go to an automotive paint store. Uh, no, paint not store. not where they paint, not where they paint cars, but a, a store that sells automotive paint. And they actually yeah. have rust inhibitors for putting on stuff like that that eats the rust up okay. and and, ox and and basically chemically changes it to where it's no longer an active rust. Uh-huh. Okay. And that's next next question. I have to check it out like some of these auto stores around here. But now I'm looking in the paint and what I want in paint is a primer and you already said they don't put rust inhibitors in paint do they no i thought not so i'd have to do that in a spot do it on spots okay yep. now i looked at i looked at showroom williams you know and i'm right. not sure the metal paint okay and that you know they have primer in it already right uh they have some that do but most of the sherwin williams uh, for the metal and for like brick or or concrete, require you to put a primer on. Oh, so I put primer on first. Yeah, going to Dallas and Carrie. How are you today? Good, good. Thank you for um, taking my call. I got a um, three thousand square foot house with um, two air conditioners. Um, double, you know, one for the upstairs and downstairs, and um, they're one's like 15, 16 years old, and the other one's um, I think 17, 18 years old. And I was going to want to replace them. And I was curious: is there any time of the year that they typically have sales on those units, or is it pretty steady throughout the year? No, this is it. Uh, you don't get any okay. better prices than you do at this time of year because winter time. Yep, uh, you know. They're all looking for work for for their installers, so and the manufacturers are looking to move units now. What's off a little bit this year is the supply of units isn't as heavy as as normal because just just like the all the other businesses, the supply chain problem is limiting what's being made on air conditioning units. So I, I'll be honest with you, the sales and stuff are not quite as good this year as they normally are. Right. Now, could you name the like, top three brands you like and, um, and what to watch for if they want to, you know, kind of cut corners on the installation? Is there anything commonly done for that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with American Standard, Carrier, Train, and Lennox. I mean, stay with the big boys uh, because the quality that they put into their systems uh, is better and in air conditioning systems there are tiers you got tier one tier two and tier three companies the ones i just gave you are the tier one companies as far as quality and such then you get down into rude and rudd and, and uh those those type of lines uh coleman uh they're good air conditioning systems don't get me wrong but they're not as high-end quality and going to last usually as long as those upper brands and then you get down into all the off brands and and stuff down in the bottom so uh, as far as shortcuts some of the things that you'll find that companies will shortcut on is not replacing the plenum box 
and the plenum box gets a lot of moisture in it from the air conditioning system uh, and tends to have issues over time inside of it. So normally, if I'm replacing an AC system, it's going to include that plenum box. Um, the power whip for the outside unit, some companies replace it, some don't. It's wore out typically by the time you're replacing a, a, an air conditioning unit. But it's it sounds like it's nickel and dime stuff, but it's stuff that adds to the cost. And if you're going to compare apples to apples, you got to make sure that they're doing all these things. And what sear do you recommend? What number on the sear? You know, your sweet spot right now is 16 to 18 sear. And I will tell you, I replaced my AC unit uh, about three months ago. I went with an 18 sear variable speed. Okay, great. That helps a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I want to replace it before they go out. You know, they're getting old, so yep. I'll just go ahead and replace them. So, okay. There great. you go. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Let's head to Burleson and Robert. Welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Uh, I've got a new home. It's about six months old and going to be sending the patio at the new slab. And I was wondering, should I use rebar and attach to that existing uh, house foundation? Or is that, should I just leave that alone? What's the best way to go about doing that? You know, it goes back and forth on, on what to do, whether to attach it to the, the house or not. And what it really comes down to is the soils that you're sitting on. So what area of town is this going to be in? Uh, it's south, uh, south of Bur- uh, basically Joshua, Burleson area. Okay, so you're on the black gumbo clay soil and, and fairly expansive area. Yeah. So in that situation, especially if you're going to be by a doorway or anything, yes, dial it into the existing beam. And the reason for that, when you start getting some uplift pressure, uh, it helps to keep the uh, patio where you're coming in and out of the door, you know, from getting funny steps there. I see. Okay. All right. Now. What I'll do then. When you dial it in, uh, put a little grade beam on your patio slab as well. Don't just try to dial it straight into the 4-inch part because if you do that, uh, if there does get any uplift pressure, it'll just splinter the patio and, and and break, you know, move that way. But if you put a little beam and dowel into the uh, existing slab that way, like every 16 inches, uh, it typically yeah. makes it stiff enough that you don't have that problem. Good. And how far in with the rebar into that slab should I go? Five, six inches. I got you. Okay. Yeah, you don't, got, right. you don't have to go real far. Right, right. Okay, uh, and that won't compromise the slab, the house slab foundation? No, as long as you keep the holes that you're drilling uh, down from the top, you know, put them down typically from your, uh, is it brick line back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go down from your brick line probably five inches. Gotcha. Okay, all right. That answers a lot. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care, Robert. Bye. And uh, just for everybody listening, the reason I want to go down five inches, that's going to put 
your holes a little over six inches down from the surface of the concrete. And that splintering I was talking about, that's typically enough concrete to keep it from uh, breaking. So that's the reason I want to be down. If you get too close to the surface, same issue. If you get too much pressure, you can uh, crack the, the concrete. Uh, but again, it's all dependent on the soils that you're working on. Stephen Denton, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you very much. I had a water heater put in uh, five to seven years, six to eight years ago. And uh, in the old days, they recommended to shut everything down and uh, hook the hose up, run it outside, drain it, maybe even turn the cold water back on, rinse it out some. Is that still something people should do? If you're going to do that, you have to start it within the first two years of having the water heater. After that, you've already got enough sediment built up in the bottom. Uh, it really doesn't do any good to try to do it any longer. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. And, Steve, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never done my own that. I, I just <laughs> I just leave it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm old, and so in the old days, they, I think they said, oh, yeah. oh you got to do that, da-da-da-da-da. So, yep. Uh, that's why I was uh, wondering. So, yeah. listen to you all the time, and thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for the call, Steve. Take care. Mm, bye. Bye. 1-800-288-9227. But as far as flushing the water heater, yeah, if if you want to do that and here's the things that it does for you as a water heater ages and it and it builds up the sediment in the bottom you start hearing that popping and crackling sound that's the sediment that built up if you want to avoid that you flush the system out every six to twelve months and you got to do that consistently the whole time uh and it, it minimizes that popping and crackling sound it helps extend the life of the water heater, and it's a real pain in the butt to do. And for most people, we just plain don't bother doing it. And, and i got to be honest, I'm one of those people. I own a plumbing company, uh, and I don't do my own that way um, simply because, you know what, I, I'm getting 15 years out of a water heater anyways. Uh, why do I want to be messing with it all the time? i got a lot of other things to do as well. Now, some of them don't require it anymore. Some of them are self-cleaning. And just a cautionary note, what that means is they're stirring up the sediment and running it through the pipes out your, your water faucets and stuff. And that's why your aerators will tend to plug up at times. Chris and Denton, how can I help you? Uh, hi, Jim. Um, I have on my front door of my house, uh, I've got an aluminum threshold that has a... Uh, it's about an inch and a half wide. Um, I guess it's probably an oak wood strip. Yeah. It has the adjustment adjustment screws that you can screw it, you know, where it'll raise or lower the wood strip. Yep. Well, I guess over time, this house was built in 07, and what's happening now is the, the wood has just dropped down, and the screws are loose. It, okay. I can't I can't really get it to raise up and down. Do I have to replace the entire threshold, or do they make some sort of a kit where I can just replace the wood, or what do I do with this? Well, I, I don't know of a kit that they make, but I do still see those thresholds being sold even at the box stores. 
And so you could probably just buy a, a new threshold and take that part of it off. But keep in mind, oh. if it's the screws that are down in the aluminum part of the threshold that are stripped out or anything, uh, then you'd end up replacing the whole thing. When you're going to replace the threshold, do I have to remove, like, all of the wood casing for the door and everything? No. Or? No, you, no? You, no, you you normally uh, slide it out from under the casing and have to slide the new one up in under there. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that answers my question. Thank you. Uh, you bet. Take care, Chris. Al in Southwest Houston. How can I help you? Well, I've been I've spent the last nine months looking for a home, and I finally found the one I want, and now i got one problem. I don't like electric stoves or electric ranges. The island uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the electric range is in the middle of the kitchen. My question is, how difficult, because we just left the home. I know I'm probably going to have to call a plumber. How difficult would it be for me to run a gas line to that island in the middle of that kitchen is that is that is that something that i don't want to pay for if you understand what i'm asking <laughs> yeah you're asking is it going to be real expensive yes sir <laughs> <laughs> in other words but if with do i need to keep shopping for another house it, well, it, me, it's, it's so interesting go ahead go ahead let me ask you it, it the house does have gas doesn't it yes it does have gas it, it's got gas dryer and it's got gas heating but uh uh where the stove is, there's right. not a gas line there. And, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm going to ask you, are you sure that there's not one there? Yes, sir. Well, we, well, me and the realtor uh, looked, and it's not there. Okay. And, and the reason I'm asking is I bought a house that, uh, and I had electric stovetop on it and wanted gas as well. And I thought, man, I'm going to have to run this gas line and stuff. And I started digging in the bottom of the cabinet, and lo and behold, uh-huh. there was a gas line that was plugged. Now, unless we didn't know where to look, and the realtor didn't, the, the realtor actually, uh, he, he didn't really know, but what we did was we took the top of the stove off and looked down inside the cabinet and we didn't see anything. But okay. it could have been also that neither one of us knew what we were looking for. Yeah. Yeah, because typically taking the top of the stove off, you shouldn't be able to see down into the cabinet. You're, you're only going to see okay. a, a limited space. So look, open up the cabinet doors under the stove and take a look there because that's where you would see it if it if it's there. Now, okay, if, now it's if it's not, not there. if it's not there, it it mm-hmm. can be added, uh, but depends on how far they got to run the pipe. It will depend on how much it's going to cost, and okay. uh, you know you're going to have a choice because to get to to get the line to the island, if there's not one there, you're either going to have to tunnel up under the slab or drop it down from the attic. And typically on an island, there's not a post or anything coming down. Not that one can't be added, but, uh, you know, there's usually nothing coming down to hide the pipe. Tunneling underneath would be very expensive. I mean, you could easily spend, in order to run the gas line, if you had to tunnel it. uh, Oh, let's see. You could easily spend four or five thousand. I, I'm, I was. I thought you were going to tell me forty or fifty. Okay. No, heck um, no. Okay, I don't. I'm not. I don't know anything. I'm. I'm not. I'm not good at, at hand. I, I try to keep three dollars if something breaks in my house. Cause... <laughs> 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 well, okay. And with with that being said, well, if it's 
it's not one there, when we, we're going back to look at it again, if it's not one there, then at least I know that it can be it Oh, can absolutely. Be done. Absolutely it can okay. be done. Well, listen, thank you so much for your help, sir. And, when, you and bet. If, I do, if it's not there, I may be calling you back for a recommendation on getting the job done. Uh, I can. I will have my plumbers take care of it for you. Going out to Rosenberg. Pat, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Thank you. Uh, I have a window in my house. It's uh, My house is only about six and a half, seven years old. But I have one window that is a big picture window, and one of them is not closing properly. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find somebody to come out and look at it, or if it's possibly going to have to be replaced or something. But places that I have called, they're going, oh, three windows, four windows. That's all they'll do. Yeah. And I'm going, eh, help and when you say it's not closing properly, is this an up and down or one that slides side to side? Up and down. Okay. It's a single, uh, yeah, it's a double pane window, but it's a, a single sash. Or okay. D- they're actually dual sash, it's side by side with a big transom over the top. Gotcha. <sighs> okay. Um. And it, this weather, we've had leak where it, when the cold, it actually frosted up in the inside and had moisture, and then I'm going to have windowsill, you know, rot. Sure. I don't have it taken care of. Now, you, you mentioned uh, this is a, a six-year-old house? Yes, it's a six, six seven-year-old house. Is the builder still in business? No. Darn. Uh, here's what you need to do then. Look on the window, uh, and uh-huh. normally uh, on the part that goes up and down, uh-huh. If you look on the bottom of it, there's probably going to be a tag there. Tag number right. Call the manufacturer. Okay. Least, uh, because typically those windows are probably still going to be under warranty, and the manufacturer okay. would, would be the one to help you out with it. Okay. And if you don't see it there, sometimes even the, the lock mechanism has the uh-huh. name of the company on it. Okay. I will look. And okay. check it out. It's because, as I said, it's the front window in the bedroom. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have wood rot in. Cost thousands of dollars, Ben. Absolutely. Yep, so okay. it's something you want to handle sooner than later. Yes, <laughs> as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. What's the best to seal grout cracks in corners of bathroom shower tile walls? Is there such a thing as grout caulk? Thank you. Well, there actually is. In fact, uh, um, one of the grout companies, Mopar, makes a grout that matches or makes a, a caulking that matches their grout colors. So even if you don't have just a white or, you know, a normal uh, standard color, I guess I should say, uh, they have caulking to match all their colors of the grout that they sell. Uh, you can find it at the box stores. Uh, you can also go to uh, Floor and Decor. Uh, they have a section with all the materials and stuff where you can find it. So it, it is readily available. And yes, in the corners, I do recommend you use a caulking rather than grout. Grout is rigid, has no flexibility to it. And so as building materials expand and contract, the corners tend to crack a lot. Um, and not that they open up real wide, but let's face it, it, it looks ugly and it looks like you got a leak. Well, 
it's really not leaking, but uh, it just looks like it. And, and keep in mind, grout is porous. Moisture goes through the grout. When you use the caulking, moisture does not go through it. In fact, they do, even some people use the grout to do all the caulking line, or uh, they use the caulk to do all the grout lines uh, so that it is sealed up. Uh, so that is an option. Not telling you you have to, but definitely in the corners, uh, that is the, the right way to do it. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 